Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Forget what you know about Adrian Grenier. Indeed, he was that Playboy celebrity heartthrob, much like Vincent Chase, the character he played on Entourage. But these days, his life looks nothing like Vinny's. He lives on a farm and is working to be fully self-sufficient. He's a partner in Ducontra Ventures, a do-good investment fund. And he hosts a YouTube channel called Earthspeed, where he shares lessons for others who want to try farming and homesteading. And most of all, he was willing to face his demons and completely turn his life around. This is a bit of optimism. You and I have known each other a long time. We were trying to figure it out. It's been like 15 years. Yeah. You told me a story. You broke up with your girlfriend <laughs> a while. It's not that long ago. <laughs> and it, I talked to you in the moment of being broken up. Uh-huh. Where are you going with this, Simon? And <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I forgot everything you said. But in the moment, <laughs> oh, is that that impactful? No, 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 no. Huh? no, no but, but in the moment, I remember thinking this is absolutely profound, <laughs> and I really should internalize some of this. Right, yeah. So clearly, I didn't, which is why we're having this conversation again. But you went on a journey of self-discovery, of what it means to be a partner, what it means to be. I mean, a lot of things. Can you just take me on that journey because I want to learn mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and this was recently. I mean, a few years ago, right? It was during the pandemic. Yeah. Essentially, I had a rock bottom moment, what I call a cosmic bitch slap, <laughs> in which my girlfriend dumped me. And I was so incredulous. I was like, w- wait, what? You're breaking up with me? Do you know who I am? Like, have you, do you see all the things I have? I'm the man. And I just didn't understand it. And I was like, babe, what are you doing? Like, we're, we're supposed to get married and we're supposed to have kids and we're supposed to have a life together. And we'd been together for four years. And I was like, I, I, what? I didn't understand. I could not conceive of it. And she casually just slid a list of reasons to me 
across the proverbial table. And she goes, you're a terrible person, and I have to get as far away from you as possible. In fact, don't call me, don't text, block, 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 block. And, I, I, you know, I, I, thought, I thought that she was just out of her mind because I had accomplished so much. I had a lot of material things to offer and look at me. Right? I mean, come on. I'm cool. I'm living in the coolest spots. Real estate markets are popping off around me. And it just took me a while to really let it sink in. And then I opened up her list and I and I started to like go through each one. And I realized, oh my God, she is actually an angel who was like the first person in my entire life that was able to get me to look at myself in a very real, deep way. And I began to... What was on the list? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you know, I mean, really. <laughs> it was a, a lot around my indulgence, my selfishness, my narcissism. I mean, she was throwing around words like sociopath and stuff like that. I thought that was a little bit extreme. <laughs> but, um, you know, the essence of what she was saying is that I was too self-involved. I had too much vanity. I was out for pleasure and indulgence. And I wasn't really looking out for the people around me. And they weren't looking out for me. They had toxic relationships and and an unhealthy relationship to escapism. What made you so open to have that kind of cosmic bitch slap? No, I wasn't. I wasn't. You rejected no, it. No, I was going about my life. I thought I had it all figured out. But if somebody tells you that kind of stuff, the immediate reaction is defensive. You're crazy. You don't know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But that wasn't your reaction. It was at first. Oh, it was at first. <laughs> yeah. It was at first. No, but I told her on her way out the door. I, and I have to admit, there was a part of me, this gnawing sense of dread that I had for years, where I was just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because I was like, things are too perfect. And it was suspicious. Nothing ever goes wrong with me. Like something's going to happen at death or something bad. If you look around at all the suffering and I'm getting away with everything and my career's doing really well and I'm I'm just killing it at life. And I'm like, just dread. You you could sense the imbalance. I sensed that something was off. Mm. And then when she left me, I said to her, I said, look, I love you. And... Because I love you, I'm going to take a look at all of these things, but I'm going to do it on my own time so that I can honestly say that I took a look at it. I'm not just going to do it to get you back. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and pretend like I'm going to make all these changes just because I don't want to lose you. I was like, okay, goodbye, ciao. And I'd broken up with lots of people before and, you know, just go find another, right? And so it was just, <laughs> I had never been so moved to actually do anything. I just would go on to the next indulgence or the next escape. Yeah, she really jarred me. I use the analogy that, you know, it was almost as if, you know how when, you, when you're waking up from a dream and you're like, like you've been in REM sleep and you're groggy and you can kind of know that you've been sleeping, you're kind of becoming conscious of the fact that you're asleep. It's that moment. I was like, oh, I've been asleep at the wheel for 20 years, driving at high speeds and leaving a wake of destruction. And I don't even know what I was up to for the past 20 years of my life. I was essentially unconscious. So what do you do? I mean, it's one thing to get a little bit of feedback, but to be forced to reevaluate 
your entire absolutely everything self yeah. personality the way you mm-hmm. show up the way you're a friend the way you're a boyfriend yeah, yeah. I- i'm so curious sort of what's the first step well and to look at yourself and admit and to face the shame and the embarrassment so what'd you do what's the first thing you did yeah, to purge a lot of stuff so you got you physically got rid of stuff well yeah um the lifestyle stuff i went sober i went celibate just cut everything out said no i had to learn to say no <laughs> so that i could actually find some peace and safe space quiet space for me to actually take so we're a talking look. about simple stuff i want to go out for dinner tonight want to go to a party tonight no, want, no do you yeah, want this exactly. acting job no yeah and this was a long process because i had been so used to saying yes to every single impulse and opportunity to get a dopamine hit, you know, I was conditioned to just do do anything just because it was offered to me or it was available. And so, yeah, I did a, a fuckload of meditation. Um, I did some plant medicine. Isn't that the name of your app, Fuckload of Meditation? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, look, I did all the things. I read all the books. I listened to the podcasts. I started to take interest in what I need to do to actually become a person that Jordan wouldn't have left. You didn't want to become the person that she would take back. You wanted to become the person that she would never have left. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I started to like peel back the layers and look at where did I go wrong or where when did I fall asleep? Yeah. And I just went back and back and then I went into my 30s and then in my 20s and then further back into my teens and then even further back to my childhood. And that's I mean that's what this inner journey this personal development work is, is about really going back as far as you can to when you first started making those decisions to escape and run and hide and numb, you know, the pain or the, the suffering or the traumas that you endured as a, as a kid. It was just a two-year journey. Uh, what do they call it? A, a dark night of the soul. You're so open about this. I thought that's what this was for. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Shit. Is that not this podcast? <laughs> no, no. But I mean... It's a compliment because you're portraying yourself as not a nice person of the past. Now you're lovely. (laughs) You know, it's one thing to do it in private with a friend. Mm -hmm. The reason I wanted you to do this is because I think that your journey has value to others. I think there's a reason to share pain and discomfort. It's an act of service. I agree. Mm -hmm. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. 
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. And so how did the conversation go? How did you reconnect with Jordan? I was, I guess, at the at the furthest extent of my personal transformation, if you will. And through my process, I realized that I needed to be in the earth. I needed to be grounded. I was essentially, for the past 20 years, flying high, Peter Pan syndrome, not touching the ground. So I needed to be in the earth. So I started working with the soil, and I built a community garden, and that's the work I was doing. That was my focus. And I had purged everything else. I had quit acting. I had quit all my real estate ventures and my business pursuits, and I was just working with the earth. And I realized what I want, what I really truly want, what my soul wants is family, to be close to nature, and to give my life force for my children that I want to have. I'm done living for myself and in my own boyish indulgences. So I wanted to grow up, be on my own, survive, take care of myself and my family and have the capacity then to give my life force to my neighbors and my, and my community and the world at large. Mm-hmm. Not in the rhetorical way that I do when I have a, a nonprofit that I you know, raise money for so that other people can do the work and raise money so that they can go save the world but so that I can actually show up Mm. in a reliable way and have the skills to be able to offer somebody Mm. my service. Mm. And so when I thought that I was kind of getting it and I was ready, I was looking for a piece of land that I wanted to go move to, and I wanted to learn how to build a house. In my mind, it was like symbolic. I should be able to survive, Mm. you know, outside of the protection of civilized society where everything's handed to you and everything's mediated for your consumption, you know, just buy it or, you know, go work for the man and then consume more stuff. I wanted to go be more in touch with my own ability to make things. And so you took all things. the metaphors literally. <laughs> well, and I think there's a reason. Yeah. Right? I think you learn certain things when you you hone those survival skills. Yeah. So you got a piece of land? So No, I was going to get a piece of land. Okay. But I was going so far down the archetype prepper role <laughs> where I was like, okay, this beard can get longer. I can be farther away in nature. Next thing you know, I'm living off the land and eating out of 10 cans, you know, and afraid of the world. And I was like, that's, that's not what I want. So I, I needed to pull back on the reins and I realized I want relationship. I don't want to be isolated. I want to actually be in the world, but I do want to be in nature. So I decided I was going to buy land, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it until I found my partner because— It wasn't land for you. It was land for us, whoever us was going to be. Right. And if I went and I did it and then I invited somebody, like a a partner, into the land, then it would be my thing and they would be part of my thing as opposed to it being our thing. Right. So I first had to solve the relational dynamic thing. So I started dating. I tried to date, and that didn't go so well. Because I knew that until I resolved all of the the things with my ex, I was just going to keep playing out those patterns. So I had to find closure with my ex. So that's when I 
Long story short, that's when I reached out to her and, again, blocked on everything. She, she contests this. She thinks that, no, you weren't blocked, but I thought I was. And so I emailed her. <laughs> I sat down, and I had all the time in the world to construct the perfect email. And I said, listen, I've made a lot of changes, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it all before, but uh, I have no job. I'm not working. Um, I have no distractions. I'm not dating anybody. I'm not having sex with anybody. I'm celibate. I'm sober. And all I have is time, and I will spare no expense to find closure and healing with you. No agenda. I'm not trying to get back with you. I just want to make, make things right. And then at that point, we'll see. If we want to be friends, we can be friends. If we want to get back together, if we want to part ways, at least then I can go about my life and start dating new people with a clean mind, and, and so can you. She was, you know, suspicious at first, but she was open. Mm. She's like, I knew you were going to reach out. I felt it. And she's like, ha, I drew this picture of what I wanted to manifest. Mm. And she sent me a picture, and it was a picture of, like, land mm. and a house mm. and a river and trees and the whole thing. I was like, that's it. Like, we're perfect, right? Let's get together. And she's like, not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I need to, you're saying the right words, yeah, yeah. but I want to feel it. And I can't feel it through email. Right. We have to see each other. I said, great. I'll, I'll show. Where are you? I'll come meet you. And she's like, I moved to Portugal. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll come to Portugal. She goes, good luck. There's a, a ban on travel to, to Europe from Americans because it's COVID. I was like, okay, challenge accepted. I got to Portugal and she made me jump through hoops, and it took months for us to really, truly find closure. But the truth is, we were, were soulmates. I mean, we were meant to be together. Yeah. This is all— This is part of the journey. Part of the journey. So we've, we were together for four years. We were apart for two, and now we're back together almost for two years. We got land. We named our ranch Kintsugi Ranch. I know Kintsugi. Yeah, Kintsugi. Japanese art of repairing things with gold. That's right. Broken things with gold. And yeah. so we are living— the essence of Kintsugi. Yeah, it's more beautiful after it's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's beautiful. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. You are a different person now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like it's kind of obvious to anyone who's known you. There is a calm about you. You're more philosophical as well. I don't believe in good, bad, right, wrong. I believe that everything is balanced. Mm -hmm. And I believe that everything that you get in life or any advantage you have comes at a cost. You know, there's a cost for money you make. There's a cost for fame. There's a cost for success. You know, um, there's a cost for eating chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, anything bad that happens, quote unquote bad, comes with opportunity, comes with lessons. And COVID was that. I think for all of us, yeah. if you chose to see it. Yes, there was pain and yes, there was depression. Every one of us went through something. And it's a strange thing to say, but I became an adult during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm considered middle-aged, though I never <laughs> felt it. Yeah. And it sounds even weird to even say it. And prior to COVID, I was very uncomfortable when people called me a man. Yeah. You know, I prefer to call myself a boy, mm -hmm. you know, because I felt like a boy. I believe last time we hung out uh, before COVID, we were having ice cream cones. Like we went and got yeah, ice we went cream. Out, we, we did. We went for ice cream. That's exactly what we did. We went for ice cream. It's, I think it's actually worse than that. I think we actually shared an ice cream in, in a cup, in a big cup. Like we got a large, I think. <laughs> but not Peter Pan in the sense like the way you described your Peter Pan. Like I wasn't as indulgent as you. I just liked the idea that I didn't have to grow up and be responsible. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it, my, my boyishness was. Sure. You know, one of the weirdest ways it looked, which is I became uncomfortable looking in, my, in the mirror and like seeing gray hair. I mean, mm. prior to COVID, if I had a gray hair, I was like, oh my God, I have a gray hair. I'm like, of course I'm going to get a gray hair. <laughs> right, I'm yeah. like that age. <laughs> but it, it shattered my image of myself mm -hmm. as the boy. Yeah. Right. And, and when, now I just don't care. Like now I'm like, I'm okay being my age, and which is kind of a funny you, thing. When you become the adult, then you have to take responsibility and you don't have anyone to blame. Yeah. Like you're the one who's going to do the right thing in every moment. Yeah. You know, you can't skirt responsibility. The thing, the thing that's important here, and this is what we're skirting around, is like, it's all fine and good for us to say how, you know, we became adults. Yes, we did become adults. Um, so what? Like, what's the lesson here? Is this something that everybody goes through? Like, is this a, is this a warning Hopefully. to every Gen Z? You lived a life that, for the most part, has become a standard of what success looks like. There's an entire generation coming up who wants what you had. Yeah. You know, shouldn't our generations be looking at it going, no, 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 we're going to live a life of service. We're going to work in ourselves. I, when I go through depression or hardship, I'm going to deal with it with the people around me who I owe, as opposed to turning on my camera and simply crying basically by myself, yeah. then editing it slightly and putting it on YouTube. Right. Well, I, I would just, you know, throw it back to you <laughs> in terms of what you said before. It's we're, we're always in balance, right? So I don't, I don't know if we're worse. I think we're definitely in a collective awakening so i see from the people that i choose to surround myself with now yeah, yeah. a lot of people who are making different choices yeah and and yeah it might just be a natural rite of passage you know it's like our parents are always like these crazy kids right you know and now here we are grow growing up and becoming those mature adults hopefully and the youth seems strange or out of touch or... I mean, that's, look, I'm not, of course, every youth seems strange because they grew up differently than us, of course, to every generation. But my lamentation, like I lament the loss of service, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And serve always, by definition, comes at some sort of suffering. I mean, you said it. I can put my face or give some money to charity. Yeah. Ha ha, I've served. Yeah. No, no, no. There, there has to be suffering to serve. And in your case, you served... Jordan, you served your relationship, you served the land, and none of that stuff was easy or or is easy. Like, the work is never, ever, ever no, done. No. 
you know, when you toil the land, you toil the land for the rest of your life. Yes. You know, it's not like you planted once, your hands are dirty, you wash them, you're good. Right. And that's the same. I think that's the metaphor, which is, you know, I did the work on myself. It's no, I'm doing the work on myself. Right. Nobody did the work. Mm-hmm. I'd be very suspicious if anybody said I did the work. <laughs> okay, so you're living on the land, you built this land, you're not self-sufficient yet. No, I'm learning. I took a class. I'm, I learned permaculture. I got my permaculture certificate. But I also just watch a shitload of YouTube videos. I mean, there's so much learning, so many people offering their understanding or their help. Um, so anytime I have a question about anything, I just go to YouTube. So I realize this is a really powerful networking tool, outsourcing wisdom and, and skills. So we started EarthSpeed as a means to share our experience on the land and hopefully inspire people to take it on themselves and try homesteading and try to, to learn um, permaculture. So what exactly is EarthSpeed? Is it, is it's a, a it's a YouTube channel. Oh, it's a YouTube channel. YouTube oh. channel, yeah. It's a social media channel. Got it, got right? it. And then ultimately at, down the road, it would be how-to videos and uh, speaking to thought leaders and entrepreneurs about different ways to live in community and live closer to nature and learn how to be self-reliant. Can you tell me an early specific happy childhood memory? I think this is this shows the mischievous troublemaker side of me. We were kids, and my grandmother used to smoke. And so we snuck some of her cigarettes and uh, her lighter and we went in the back of the shed and we were trying to smoke and it was gross. So we got bored quickly, but then we realized we had this lighter and there were some leaves around and we had matchboxes. So we went and we grabbed some alcohol, rubbing alcohol, and we doused the matchbox cars with alcohol and then we lit them on fire and then we would push them across the the little piece of concrete and they would jump over the concrete and then into the pile of leaves and then the leaves would catch fire. And that was so much fun until, (laughs) until the fire got out of control and we couldn't put it out. But then it got to be even more fun because then we ran and we got the hose and we were pretending like we were firemen and trying to put out the fire. And we ultimately ended up, well, actually, I don't know if we, we succeeded, but um, someone came running out and, like, helped us put it out, and we got in trouble. But that was, that's, that's what came to mind. <laughs> I have this mischievous grin on my face as you're telling the story because you're basically recapping the story of Jordan, which is you live this indulgent life, which is, oh, my God, <laughs> matches fire. This is so fun. You're jumping things in, ignited matchbox matchbox cars into piles of leaves. It gets even more ridiculous. This is the good life. Right. It gets out of hand and you realize, okay, Uh, I know this is out of hand. I'm living a life of this crazy indulgence, but my God, it's fun. Yeah. And then at some point you realize, shit, I have to face this and put the fire out. And then that starts a new journey. It seems like a reaction. It seems like an ability to take hold of the fire, but what you realize you're actually starting on a completely new journey. And Earth Speed is part of that new journey. I mean, that's, you know, basically what you want to do is teach people, show people that the new journey, the putting out the fire, the living a, a simpler life, it's just a better journey. It's a new journey, a new part of life. So I love that everything you're doing now is, it actually fits that metaphor yeah. kind of brilliantly. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Hey, thanks so much for swinging by. It's, it's really good to see you. I haven't seen you in person in a long time, and it's really nice to see you. I really appreciate it. My man, this is fun. <laughs> If you'd like to learn more about the work Adrian is doing, 
check out Earthspeed on YouTube. And a special thanks to Aloe Yoga, who let us use their studios to record this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Until then, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.